KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim. www.kimitzion.org Having a new week. Today is Monday. As on every Monday, today's shiur will be the shiur in the mitzvah HaShavuit, the weekly mitzvah, Harav Binyamin Tavori. In Parashat Pinchas, we have the story of the daughters of Tzlavchad who asked for their share of an inheritance. Due to that request, the Torah there told us the laws of inheritance, and the Shior today will deal with the general outlook on the idea of Yerusha inheritance in general. The Sefer Achinoch, Mitzvah number Tav, says there is a mitzvah, it's not just laws of the Torah, of Nachala, of Yerusha, but as, as well, there is a mitzvah. His opinion is that the mitzvah is to adjudicate cases of Nachala, and it's specific, specifically a mitzvah on, on the Bezdin. Be that as it may, the mitzvah is counted in the Minyan HaMitzvahs, and the Chinuch explains that I don't want anybody to think that a person is commanded by God to give away all his estate as a Yerusha. Because God did not want to remove or usurp, take away the property of someone as long as he's alive and somehow restricts him from doing with his property as he wishes. But the Torah simply said, when the person in question dies, then automatically the his estate is transferred to his Yarish. But a person certainly is allowed to give away his estate prior to his death, and he could indeed write a, what we call today a tzavah, a will, the last will and testament in which he gives his estate. He would have to do it, of course, halachically in the correct way, but he would be able to give away his estate. He would not be allowed to say that somebody else inherits. That in the Torah would be considered matna Torah, a person who constitutes the abrogated stipulation against the Torah. That would be considered wrong, and a person could not do that. But I'm not talking about a person who is changing the laws of Yerusha. He's somehow obviating those laws by saying that I'm going to give my property to someone else. Now, it seems fairly obvious that a person can do with his estate whatever he wishes. But there's a Mishnah that we will deal with today in Bava Basra, Dafkut Lamed Gimel with base. The Mishnah there says, If someone writes a document in which he gives away his entire estate to someone else, someone else means not his inheritors, not his Yorshim. And he left his children, assumedly, penniless. It's certainly legally valid. Ella, 
Ein no that phrase, no seems to be that Chachamim did not see this with a, a good uh, approach. Chachamim are not happy with what they did. In fact, the Rajbam says they're angry at him because he is removing the law or somehow skirting the law of Yerusha. Now, the Rambam in Morin Nevuchim, interestingly enough, in the third section, Chelegimel, Perak Membeis, the 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 Rambam says that the Torah obviously is interested in the Yerusha, which means that a person should give or not give, but he should allow the laws of the Torah of Yerusha to take place. A person should not refrain from the person, from giving the nachla, or from the nachla being given to the one who zakoilo, to the one who has a right to it. Since he has, he's going to die, he should not be jealous of his inheritors, and he should not give away his money, but he should leave it to the person who is the rightful heir to receive it. In whoever that would be, the, the son, the daughter, the, the brother, the, as we know of the laws of Yerusha. And he says the person should not follow his own desires, his own whims, his own loves, and he should follow the list of the Torah. The Ramam then goes on to say, a person in general should prefer his own relatives over anyone else. And he quotes certain sources for it. And he says, Chachamim praised very much a person who is close to his family. In fact, there is a suggestion that's praiseworthy that a person should marry his niece. And the Torah said that a person should give tzedakah to your relatives before anybody give, before anyone else. Now, according to this, it seems problematic for a person to have a will in which he allots his property not in accordance with the law of the Torah. As I said before, we have to be careful. If a person gives away the property and calls it Yerusha, he says, so-and-so will inherit as opposed to the, the legal inheritor, that is Torah. that's certainly wrong. I'm talking in a case where he gives away the property as a matona, as a gift. And we saw that the Mishnah said you could theoretically do it, but I'd like to delve into the issue. What is exactly the problem with that? So, one could be that his sons should inherit him. And somehow the Torah sees it as proper that the son should inherit more than anyone else. In the Mishnah, when the Mishnah talked about the case, it says, His own children. And it seems that the problem may be only related to his own children. Be- because maybe there's something special about your child. The, the Mi'iri, in, in his commentary on Bava Basra, says that a person has 
somehow rights to his father's estate. And he says, Habanim the, the sons of the father are somehow in, in a semi-quasi state of possession of their father's estate. We have discussed in other shiurim that a son is not just an inheritor like any other inheritor, but a son actually takes the place of his father. The phrase in Aramaic, bra kara da'avua, means that the son somehow is almost an extension of the father. Whereas, if there would be no son, an uncle or someone else would inherit, we would look for in, for relatives until we say that there's no Jew in the world that doesn't have relatives. Because if not for second cousins, third cousins, 20 times removed, we're all somehow some, going to find out where they're somewhat related. The din of Yerusha is just who is the closest relative. But everyone in the world could be a possible inheritor of someone else. But a child, a son, is not just an inheritor. A son is an extension of the father. And perhaps we would use this idea of the Miri to say that only the only problem is that you took away from your son. But to take away from other relatives might not be the same issue. The Rambam, when he dealt with this, the Rambam that I quoted, said not just children, but all relatives. Why would that be true? So the Chinuch, in that same mitzvah, says, if a parent, if a per- parent had merited amassing a certain a state, a certain fortune. So that bracha was given to him for all eternity. If not for the fact of original sin, he would have kept that estate forever. Once he passes away, it would not be fitting that that gift of God should should stop, but it should continue. And then he uses the, the phrase, Beguf ha-mishtal shomimenu. In the personage, who somehow emanates from him. Shazo Bito. So there, I could use what the, what the Mi'iri said as well. Somehow this law might only apply to a father and a son, or perhaps a daughter. But then the Chinuch goes on to say, Him yamus ubanim lo yelo. But what happens if a person, ba'avono, nebuch, in his sins, does not have children when he dies. So, that same bracha should extend to any relative. And the, and the Chinuch goes on to say, because the merit for which he deserved that bracha comes through his family, through his ancestors, and therefore it should continue with them. So, it is possible to argue that this law would only apply to father and son, but we've seen that both the Rambam and the Chinuch say it only applies, it also applies not only to father and son, but to all relatives. Furthermore, we could raise an issue. Does this law apply because a person has left the children indigent? Or is it because he interferes with the laws that the Torah meant?
the Mishnah again said, Hakosev es nechasav la'achevim, he wrote, he gave away his estate, he wrote away his estate, he gave it to someone else. He left his children, apparently he left them indigent. Well, indigent may be that they have no money at all, or it could be that even if they have money, but they don't have money from him. So there are three possibilities, either it's referring to any case, or referring to a case where he left them no money at all and they're poor, or in a case where he left them no money at all, even if they're rich. But the Mishnah says, What would happen if he gave away partial, some of the estate? Rabbeinu Gershom, on that Mishnah, says clearly, the concept is, that he left over nothing. If he had left over something, one could then question how much of some is something. But Rabbeinu Gershom said, as long as he left over something, this is not included in the Mishnah. A person somehow would, it would be proper for a person to give away some of his estate, but he can't give away all his estate. In a Lundish point of view, I would explain that as long as he gave away some part of his estate to his son, then he did not deviate from the concept of the Torah that the son is a Yorish. The son has a right to inherit. How much he has to inherit, that would depend upon different circumstances. But if there is a son, and he says, he gives away everything and leaves no Yoresh, then he's actually interfering with laws of the Torah. Perhaps that's the reason that the Rabbeinu Gershom would say, this law may only apply if the father gives away his entire estate. But he gives away a partial estate, perhaps that would be legitimate. On the other hand, the Rashbam in a case later on in the Gemara, seems to think, That's the way the Rashash and others understood the, the, the Rashbam, that even to give away partial estate is wrong. The Torah somehow wanted the estate to go to one person, to the Yoresh or to the group of Yarshim, but did not want that to be taken away from them at all. So again, we could posit there is a machlokas we shown him. There might be a controversy here if a person gives away partial estate and not to and not give away his entire estate. The third point that I could raise in this issue is what would happen if a person gave away his money? So I'm sorry, did not give away his money, but did not leave it for the children. Part of the problem in our particular case might be that the father or the person about to pass away has favored one person over another. That might lead to all kinds of jealousy and halachic problems which are moral in nature as people might really argue with each other about this. We know in Chumash we found the stories of Yosef. His father seemed to favor him over the other brothers and look what the ramifications of such a story are. So the reason that it might be problematic in our Mishnah to give away your estate to someone else is the act of preference for someone else over the children. And 
If that might be true, then there might be a halachic distinction. What would happen if the father gave away the money, but he did not give it away to his uh, friend, but instead he gave the money to Tzedakah? Now, it would be difficult for a son to become jealous. He might become upset that he wants the money. But the issue of jealousy or favoritism probably would not occur in such a case. He would understand that his father just wanted to give tzedakah. Now, the Rambam in Hilchas Nachlos, Perek Vav, Halacha Aleph, explains that all the halachos of giving away property. And there he says, of course, that a person has the right, as we've pointed out, a person has the right to do so, but the Rambam, summarizing our Mishnah, but of course expressing his own view, he says, if someone gave away his estate, the Mishnah said, as we pointed out, he left his sons. The Rambam said he left all the inheritors. Obviously, the Rambam was of the opinion that the problem is not just from sons, the problem is from anyone. The Rambam says, even though he did it for reasons which we'll discuss in a minute, it's not a good idea. Chachamim did not find favor with this idea. And then the Rambam says, Midas Chasidosi. It would be a proper thing. It's a that a person should not deviate from the halachic concept of Yerusha. And the Rambam then ends the Perek by saying that Chachamim admonished us not to choose one son over another, even for with a small gesture, in order to eliminate jealousy and competition, as we found with the brothers of Yosef. So the Rambam seems to feel that the problem is one of jealousy, of favoritism. If that would be true, maybe a person could give tzedakah. Maybe he could give away his entire estate to tzedakah. The Mishnah, as I said, said to give the, the nechassim to someone else. The Rambam also said, What about tzedakah? From the story of the Gemara, which we're not going to go into right now, there on Bavibasso, Dafkufalam and Begim Lomad Beis, it seems this halacha would apply to tzedakah as well. If we would assume that the problem is we want the laws of the Torah to be followed, then I understand why tzedakah would be involved as well. If we would assume that the reason for this is not to show favoritism or not to create jealousy, then I don't know why tzedakah necessarily is involved. Nevertheless, the Shulchan Aruch rules that a person should not give away his estate, even to Tzedakah. In the Mishnah, there's one more point that I'd like to mention. The Mishnah says that Rabbi Shem Gamliel says, if the sons were not behaving accordingly, not behaving properly, so then it's a good idea to give away the estate. The Gemara then raises an issue, is this the source of controversy between Tanakama and Shimon Gamliel? 
Perhaps Tanakama thinks that in all cases a person should give away his estate, he'd not give away his estate, even if the son is not religious. He's not behaving well. But Rabbi Shemgamliel disagreed. Or perhaps Rabbi Shemgamliel is just clarifying what Chachamim meant. The Rambam and Shulchan Aruch both paskin that even if a person is not behaving well, the father should not take away his estate. The Rambam says in Morin that Afilu haya also akar of betachlis hashchitus. I'd like to emphasize that friend, that phrase. Afilu haya also akar of betachlis hashchitus. Even if that relative is the epitome of shchitut, of corruption. It's still necessary that a person should have some sort of pity and mercy on his family. And then the Ram goes on to a side discussion to show that no matter who they are, a person should treat his relatives with respect. And as it says, Don't despise the Edomite who is your brother. And he goes on to almost go off his main topic of Yerusha to talk about leaving your relatives and abandoning them to their fate. So, the Rambam, in, both in Mishnah Torah, and we see his words in Mor Nebuchim, think that this halacha applies to a person even if he's not religious. A person, the father, the person who has the estate, should allow the laws of the Torah to take place, even in the case where Banav Lono Hagim Kishura, where his children are not following his path and not behaving well. But a person could then raise the issue, what does it mean, not Nohe Kishura? And why really should I leave my estate to someone who is not behaving properly? We all remember the Psukim in Kohelis, those very, very poignant psukim in Perak Beis of Kohelis, where Shlomo HaMelech lamented, Saneti ani et kolamali, I despise my efforts, Shani HaShamesh, which I work in this world under the sun, Shani Adam that I should leave it for a person who comes after me. Mi Yodeya, Hechacham Yeos o Sachal, do I know who will get this estate eventually? Will he be wise? Will he be the opposite of wise? Ul adam shelo amalbo yitnenu chakchelko. I worked so hard. A person worked so hard with all his intelligence, with all his effort, and a person shelo amalbo, a person who did not in, in, in have the same effort. He did not invest any effort into this endeavor. To me, this was this this is a type of foolishness that a person should inherit. The Rambam and, and the Chinuch tried to explain why it's true, because they felt what a person has perhaps goes to his children, not just to his children as we saw in the Mi'iri, but to his family. It's a mere merit that he received it. And even if they're not religious? Well, if we were to say that the reason for this is because the Torah insisted upon laws of Nachala, 
the laws of inheritance. Okay, I can understand that this would be true even in the case where the child does not follow the father's footsteps. But we find something interesting in, in the Rajbam and other Rishonim as well. They say the reason that you should not ignore your relative, even if he's holech b'derech lotova, is because it's true that he is not going in a proper way. They're not behaving properly. But let's say a person has a son who doesn't act properly, but maybe his grandson will behave properly. We know of many cases where people do tshuva. So in the future, why should you take away the nachla from the family when indeed they might do tshuva? This is much different than what I said in the Rambam. According to the Rambam, in Mora Nevuchim, it seems that you should not take away your nachla from anyone because the Torah told you to give it to your relatives. Whereas, according to the Chinuch, really, to the Rambam, to the, to the, uh, to the Rajbam, really, you could take away your nachla from people who are not deserving of receiving the nachla. But the question is, who is not deserving? This particular person might not be deserving, but his child will be deserving. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein followed the opinion of the Chinuch, of, of the Rajbam, but he went to a, a, a greater degree than seems to be implied by the Rajbam in what seems to be his own Chiddush. The question was, in general, uh, people who wanted to write wills where they would uh, you know, change the laws of, not, I said before, not change the laws of the Torah, but somehow not be within the borders of the Torah, he would give away his estate. So the question that Reb Moshe, one of the questions that we, what is what it discussed, what happens if a son is does not know a kishura, not behave, not behave properly? Now he says, what does that mean? That's referring to someone who believes in God, who educates his children to keep mitzvahs. So therefore, we in that, such a case we say, well, maybe he behaved poorly toward his father, toward the toward the the person who's allotting the estate, and maybe that person has a ta'ana, he has a claim against him. But in that particular case, it very well could be that he could have wonderful children. Even if he's a very great sinner, ben Adam l'chavero, or, but he is careful of mitzvahs ben Adam l'makam, a person might be uh, what we would consider a really despicable type of person, but you can see that in certain areas he tries to observe Torah mitzvahs. So he says, maybe, you know, he'll educate his children properly and they'll follow the ways of Torah mitzvahs. But then Rabbi Moshe says, a person who is mechal Shabbos b'farhesia, a person who totally disregards Shabbos, a person who disregards laws of the Torah, who does not send his children for Jewish education. So Rabbi Moshe says, in such a case we do not have to anticipate the fact that maybe his children will become religious. Although it is true that there's always a possibility, lo yidach menu nidach, we're not going to give up hope on anybody, but nevertheless, the probability is that his children will not be religious. And Moshe says, in such a case, you can follow the majority, the rule of majority, you can follow the rove, and you do not have to leave your estate to a person who is a mummer. And therefore, he says, in such a case, Everybody would agree with what Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said a person can, is allowed to give away his estate to, in a case where the person does not behave properly. 
Maybe Chachamim disagree. Maybe we pass in like Chachamim. Nevertheless, Rabbi Moshe argued in a case where the person certainly does not follow the ways of Torah, and there's no hope, in, at least in a logical sense, to think that his children will become better people, will become more imbued with this spirit of Torah and mitzvahs. In such a case, Rabbi Moshe thought it would be a mitzvah to give away the money and not give the money to inherit to the to people who inherit who do not follow the, way, the ways of the Torah at all. This issue, of course, has probably be, been dealt with in many, many cases of uh, Jewish law. The issue is that I think it's very common for people today to write in their will, in what we call it Savor, a person would write that he wants to give some of his money for tzedakah. I think that many institutions even try to work toward that structure, they speak to a person about giving them money in in their will. Now, how would this fit in with our Mishnah? Is it permissible? Or is this really against our Mishnah? And it would be a case of Of course, this question that I've suggested depends completely upon all the Chakiros, all the questions that we uh, that we raised in the beginning of the Shi'ur. Is it only in the case of children? is in the case of other relatives as well. Is it a case where I give away everything to my, to, and ignore my children or my family completely? And the third question, does this apply to Tzedakah as well? Although we answered all those questions that at least according to some opinions in the affirmative, namely it applies to all Yarshim, as the Rambam said. Secondly, it's even if you give away part of the estate, like the Rajbam said, and thirdly, it's even if you give tzedakah, as we saw, is the uh, sense of the Gemara. We, I didn't quote the Gemara, but it is, it is does seem to be from the Gemara on that page. And the Shulchan Aruch quotes it. Nevertheless, this was the prevailing custom, and it seems to be the prevailing custom. The Chassam Sofer, in his Chuvas of Choshen Mishpat, has a serious discussion of this issue. And this Chassam uh, Sofer is quoted very carefully in the Pischei Tshuva in, y- in Shulchan Aruch Hashem Mishpat, Simen Reish Pei Beis. In Simen Reish Pei Beis is the Simen where he talks about this law of not giving away the Nechassim. And the Chassam Sofer basically says, although the Sugya is problematic and our issues therefore seem problematic, the minig somehow is to give away tzedakah, and he adds one more point that I'd like to, with which I'd like to conclude. He said, when the person gives tzedakah, he's actually doing it for himself. A lot depends, perhaps, upon the motivation of the person when he takes away the nachala, removes part of the nachala or the entire nachala from the laws of Yerusha. In some cases, it's done to favor one person over another. In some, it's some sort of an expression of what we saw that Shlomo explained in Koheles, a person resented the fact that the Torah told him that his inheritor, that who will inherit his money. But the motive might be something completely different. The motive might not be out of hate, out of spite, 
out of creating some sort of conflict, but it might be simply an altruistic purpose of giving tzedakah, and even that altruism might not be completely <coughs> altruistic. A person gives tzedakah because he's worried. He wants to make sure that he's zolcha le'olam haba. He person wants to make sure he merits the world to come. We know that tzedakah tatzlanimavis. We know that tzedakah is some sort of protection against death. Tzedakah is a protection for people who are afraid of their fate in the afterlife as well. And therefore, when a person gives tzedakah, it seems that he's actually keeping the money for himself after death. The American expression, the English expression, you can't take it with you, is certainly true. But the idea of uh, attaining a zchus for yourself, that some zchus you'll have by giving tzedakah, may be true by giving tzedakah, even though it's after your death. Therefore, the Chassam Sofer uses this, as well as other arguments, to explain that the custom that we have today of writing a tzavah in which we allot our estate and suggest certain tzedakah or, or note that certain tzedakah should be given is within parameters of Jewish law. Although in general, we saw the Torah wants the Yerusha to be given exactly the way it is, but nevertheless, to give away partial tzedakah, the Chassam Sofer says, is certainly permitted. And Rab Moshe's tshuva, that same tshuva that we quoted before, in Choshem Mishpat, Chelek Beis, Simen Nun, discusses that question, if a person is allowed to give away the money to tzedakah. And Rab Moshe also explains that as long as you're not giving the entire a state of soccer, there's certainly no problem involved. Puk Chazima Madvar, this is the custom of the Jewish people.